I want to briefly share with you this morning about two experiences of prayer that we find in Scripture. Both of them come from Matthew chapter 26, and both of them come as the last week of Jesus' life here on earth was drawing to a close. If you'll remember the passage in Matthew chapter 26, it's the account of Jesus praying in the garden. So Jesus has just had this final meal with his uh, disciples, and he knows that it, this is the beginning of the end, and it is weighing heavily on him. So he retreats out of Jerusalem to the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's going to pray. And so Jesus, the Son of God, goes deep into the garden, and the Bible tells us that he wrestles in prayer. It is fervent prayer, so much so that the text tells us that Jesus, over and over again, falls down. He falls down, almost like there is a physical weight on top of him. He falls down over and over again, and and he asks his father, he prays, and he very openly and very honestly acknowledges that he doesn't like what is about to happen. He asks the Lord if there is some other way by which his plan of redemption might come to pass. Is there any other way? The words that Jesus uses is, can this cup pass from me? But then as he wrestles in prayer, he also fully gives himself to the will of God in prayer knowing full well that that means sacrificing himself, knowing that it means separation from his father, knowing that it means bearing the sin of mankind. And yet knowing all of that, at the end of this prayer, Jesus, our Lord, gives himself to the will of God. He says, not my will, but your will be done. Now this is one of the pictures of prayer that we find in Matthew chapter 26. It's the fervent, wrestling fully given over to the will of God in prayer. This is the Son of God that we see. But there's another picture of prayer as well. Because Jesus didn't go into the garden alone. In fact, he went further into the garden with three of his closest friends. He said to Peter, James, and John, would you come with me? And the reason that Jesus invited them to go further into the garden with him is specifically so that they could also pray. Jesus said, come and pass the night with me in prayer. And yet the experience of these disciples is very different than the experience of Jesus in prayer because while Jesus was wrestling in prayer and giving himself to the will of God, the disciples were sleeping when they should have been praying. I identify with the disciples. I know what it is to sleep in prayer, and maybe you do too. If not physically, then maybe metaphorically. Because prayer is one of those things, for many of us, I think, that we live in a constant state of guilt about. That we know we ought to pray, and we mean to pray, and we think we should pray, and we have the tools to pray, and yet we find ourselves sleeping instead of praying. There's a lot of reasons for this in my life and maybe in your life too. One of them is time, that prayer takes time, and time seems to be increasingly in our world and in our culture the scarcest of all resources, the thing that we don't want to do without. And so even though we mean to pray, we have all of these different competing priorities that seem to suck the time away from us. 
And no matter how much we might want to actually get up when the alarm goes off 30 minutes earlier to pray, it's, it's really, really easy to hit the snooze button. So time might be one of the reasons we find ourselves sleeping in prayer. Focus might be another reason why we find ourselves sleeping, sleeping in prayer. I mean, isn't it remarkable to you? It certainly is to me that we can be clear-headed, that we can be focused, that we can be determined, and then as soon as we begin to pray, it seems like that our mind is torn in a thousand different directions. It's hard to focus ourselves for a sustained period of prayer. We have things coming in and out of our minds all the time. So it might be time, it might be focus, it might also be knowledge. There are times when I and you come up against a situation that is so complex or that is so difficult or that is so emotionally painful and intensely personal that we simply don't know the will of God. We want to pray according to the will of God, but we look out at this situation that's before us and we can't imagine what God's will is in this situation. So we don't know how to pray. So because of time, because of focus, because of knowledge, these are all reasons that we find ourselves with the disciples sleeping when we ought to be praying. But can I offer you two pieces of encouragement regarding prayer this morning? The first piece of encouragement is this. Prayer, like anything else, is learned by practice. Prayer is learned by practice. So you might think of it like this. I mean, think about if, if you have children and, and then now if you have grandchildren. Think about the very first weeks, the very first months of that first child or grandchild's life. And, and think about the moment when they took their first steps. Maybe you remember it. You can actually think of it in your mind right now. So there you are. Maybe there are several of you. You're gathered in the living room together and across the room is this little child that you've seen. He's part of your life now. And, and so he or she pulls themselves up on the couch or on the coffee table and then that child takes one step, two steps, and then falls down immediately. This is how it works. Now, you know what you don't do as a parent or a grandparent when that child falls down? What you don't do is walk over to the child that is on the ground and cross your arms and say, you call that walking? <laughs> it's not walking. Stumbling at best. I mean, two steps, come on. We've been at this for what, five, six months now? Let's, let's, let's get a move on, I don't have all day. We got, we got games to play and frankly, we can't do any of that until you actually start putting one foot in front of the other. So, Junoa signed us up for a gym membership. We've got a baby leg press that's gonna start happening tomorrow. We need you to build your quads. So disappointed in you. You don't say that. As parents and then as grandparents, you know the feeling. You, adult, educated, refined, mannered, well-ordered, and put-together human beings, a baby takes two steps and pandemonium breaks out in the living room. I mean, it is like, it is, it's like you just won the Super Bowl. You're giving high fives and fist bumps. 
Men and women are yelling at the ceiling like the greatest thing in the world is ever. We can't believe it's two steps. It's two steps. This is what happens. Now, is it too much of a stretch to imagine that when you stumble along in prayer, because it is a learned skill, that the voice of the Holy Spirit This voice of the spirit that God has given us, Paul tells us in Romans 8, that's given us to testify with our spirit that we are the children of God, that the voice of the Holy Spirit isn't the voice of condemnation that looks down at you and says, really? You call that praying? How long have you been a Christian? But maybe the voice of the spirit is more like two steps You know what you did yesterday? One step. And here's another one. You know what? I bet if we keep at this, we're going to go three pretty soon. That prayer is a learned behavior. And that the Lord, as a father, wants to bring us along in his love and grace. And then let me encourage you with one other thing this morning. And that is that even though you might falter in your prayers. The Son of God never does. What an amazing contrast you see in the garden. The disciples sleeping, Jesus wide awake. The disciples oblivious to what's happening. Jesus with the full knowledge. The disciples with their eyes closed. Jesus with his eyes open. The disciples completely relaxed. Jesus fervent in prayer it's amazing maybe even more amazing is what the writer of Hebrews tells us in Hebrews chapter 7 is that this Jesus this Jesus who passed the night in prayer and now is our great and final high priest the one who stands between us and God That he has been raised to an indestructible life. And according to the book of Hebrews, even now he lives to intercede for you. That the same Jesus who was awake all night is right now at the throne of the Father praying for you. You, the sleeping disciple, are being prayed for by the Son of God. Now that is a motivating thing. It is a freeing and glorious thing to know that we will falter in our prayers but that Jesus never ever does. We're gonna close the service by singing and celebrating together this Jesus who doesn't falter in his prayers and is indeed praying for us even now. So I would invite you to respond through prayer. But you would hear the voice of the Lord saying this morning, two steps, two steps. Let's take another one. And this week can be that. Move further along in your experience of prayer. We're going to have some of your your team members will stand right here at the front. Maybe you'd like someone to pray along with you this week about a particular need in your life. Or, Or maybe this is the Sunday when you want to unite your faith journey and the journey that your family is on with this church here, we will welcome you gladly to do that. And I hope that all of us, as we go through this week, that holy, this holy week, that these would be days when we are reminded of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ 
and that we embrace the fact that because of his sacrifice, we can come boldly into the throne of grace knowing that we have a high priest that can sympathize with us in our weakness. And so, Father, this morning we pray, we thank you that this is true, that right, it, it is amazing to say out loud that even as we are praying right now, we are joining a heavenly conversation that is happening. That Jesus, the Son of God, the Lord of the universe has been praying for us and we are joining in that. Lord, we want to be people of prayer. We stumble, we falter, we sleep. We thank you that there is grace for us, that you are our Father. We thank you that even as we do, Jesus never does. And we pray, Lord, that you would help us this week to fix our eyes not on what we lack in terms of our prayer life, but help us fix our eyes on Jesus who, as he does in all things, prays in the perfect way. It is indeed in his name that we do pray. Amen.